Pastor Al Deschano, and welcome to the second episode of Art of the Christian Ninja's new podcast, I'm Calling of Interest. Today's July 8th, 2020, and this week I'm going to be sharing an interesting article about how not to be a jerk, an interesting resource for getting a ton of free books, and then we're going to jump into an interesting study of John Bunyan's classic, Pilgrim's Progress. Wow, is it ever hard to pick just one interesting article? There were so many good ones this week. But I think that the one that really captured my attention, and this week's interesting article, is from the Gospel Coalition. It's written by Matt Smithhurst and is entitled, Four Ways Not to Be a Jerk Online. The first lines are great. He says, The internet can be exhausting, and that's on the good days. The pull of our screens and the interactions they mediate is often more spiritually taxing than we realize or care to admit. I've yet to hear someone return from a digital fast and say, wow, that was terrible. Usually it's more like, wow, I feel human again, end quote. How true is that? I spend a lot of time online. Between my work, my hobbies, my studies, and connecting with family and friends, the internet is a big part of my life, and I'm sure you feel that way too. After all, listening to this podcast requires you to at least know how to subscribe to it, right? I think the premise of this article is basically how to make being on the internet easier on our hearts, minds, and souls. I'm sure you've had the experience of seeing something online, making a comment, and having it go completely sideways on you. People take your words out of context, other people are arguing with you, some are shaming you, others only half read what you said or don't even bother to read the thing you linked to, and then they write a whole paragraph opinion that has nothing to do with anything. And you're frustrated, upset, angry, embarrassed. Or maybe you've noticed yourself being the one who comments too quickly and too often and you've had to eat some crow yourself or you've been blocked by a few people because of it. I think this article might help. The suggestions aren't difficult or weird. They're actually pretty straightforward. The hard part is following them. So number one, according to Matt Smithhurst, is take typed words seriously. He gives a few scriptures. Proverbs 18.21 says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Matthew 12, 36 to 37 says, On the day of judgment, people will give account for every careless word they speak. For by your words, you will be justified, and by your words, you will be condemned. The idea here is that because of our anonymity or pride or whatever, we're often far more cavalier or aggressive in our online interactions than we'd ever be in real life. And we should think of that. After all, how many of us have been hurt by someone else's email or comments? These words are real, and we shouldn't be typing anything we aren't willing to say to their face. Number two, humanize the other tribe. In other words, we depersonalize in order to delegitimize. In other, other words, in order for us to think we're right, we make the people with a different opinion into lesser people than us. Instead of thinking the best of them, valuing their opinion, even assuming their perspective might even be better, we demonize them. Wow. Have we seen this over the past while, right? People are more divided than ever over more things. And that division is only getting greater because people in the media, politicians, interest groups, whoever, are exploiting this. It's not that their position is necessarily any stronger. It's that they've shut down discussion by deeming the other side unworthy of conversation. Sure, let's keep the truth the truth, but the arrogance of thinking that we're better than others makes us a jerk online. 
Number three, give the benefit of the doubt. This is sort of like number two, except more so. One of the temptations of the internet is to slander and shame people because the per- we don't know the person personally, right? Like a celebrity or politician or author or whatever. Why do we think we can just fling dung at them because they're online? Slandering and shaming people, or as we call it today, canceling people, isn't just unkind, it's sinful. That person's created in God's image, therefore they possess dignity and worth inherently, and should be treated with the same respect and care that we ourselves would want to be treated with. So instead of jumping on the cancel bandwagon, give the person the benefit of the doubt. Assume you don't know the whole situation, and give them the same grace and patience and understanding you'd want to be given. And number four, encourage liberally. I like this one, and I've adopted it into my own life some time ago. Romans 12.10 says, Outdo one another in showing honor. Or your mom used to say, if you can't say something nice, don't say nothing at all. Use the internet to uplift people instead of bring them down. Assume the best, see the best, find that nugget of good that's in there and praise them for it. These days it's so much popular to just find that one scar, that one issue and, and just drive a wedge into it. But go the other way. Find the one good thing, the positive aspect and talk about that. Or... Do what I do. Join a bunch of nice groups that share photos and crafts and pictures or whatever and spend your time online sharing positive and encouraging stuff and then being encouraged in return. I do that right now. I'm part of a dice making group and a couple 3D printing groups. I pop a picture of my work on there and everybody pats me on the back and gives me helpful tips and they're all super nice. It is way nicer than Twitter. That's for sure. And I guess that's kind of the summary, right? For Pete's sake, when you're online, just be nice. In each of these podcasts, I also want to bring you an interesting resource, something that will give you the tools and inspiration you need to pursue a deeper, consistent, and more meaningful relationship with God. This week's interesting resource is a website called gospelebooks.net. It's probably my favorite site on the internet because it's a non-stop stream of free books for my Kindle. If you have an e-reader, and I highly recommend you get an e-reader, or at least download a free e-reader app on your device, this is a great site. Just keep it bookmarked or sign up for the newsletter. Every single day, every single day, there's a pile of new books, studies, apologetics, fiction, humor, men's stuff, women's stuff, biographies, everything. Most of these books end up either being free or they're like two bucks. Yes, there's some bad books on there too. Some stuff I wouldn't recommend because the writer is, you know, sketchy or the publisher is sketchy, but there is a ton of awesome books too. For example, the deals today include men of science, men of God, great scientists who believe the Bible. That's cool. Or there's a petticoat book on there called Sons of Blackbird Mountain about two handsome brothers and a love that might tear their family apart. Mm. If you've been in any men's ministries, then you've heard of Man in the Mirror and Wild at Heart. Those are two or three dollars respectively. Another one's called What Made Jesus Mad. It's only two bucks. Regardless if it's a bad book, made just two bucks. That's great. And there's a ton of leadership books by John Maxwell on there. And that's just the deals today. Seriously, get yourself an e-reader, head over to gospelebooks.net, and just start downloading.
our third and final section of these podcasts is going to be what I'm calling an interesting study. And it's the part we do a little bit of study on the classic book Pilgrim's Progress by John Bunyan. Remember, you can get a free copy of this book, the one I'm going to go through, from the Desiring God website. The exact website is www.desiringgod.org slash books slash The Pilgrim's Progress. They have it in PDF, they have it in e-reader, and just download it and follow along. As I said last week, today we're going through the first part of the foreword called Facts of Publication and Author and Composition. I think the first thing that really impressed me was how popular this book has remained, and for so long. It was written in 1776, it's the most published book ever, and has been translated into 200 languages around the world. It bums me out severely that so many people today, even Christians, haven't even read or, or haven't even heard of this book. I've read it like half a dozen times and I get something more out of it every single time. It used to be that you could describe what you're going through in your life by just dropping a name from the book. Slew of Despond. Hill of Difficulty, Byward Meadow, Vanity Fair, Apollyon. And people would just like immediately know what you're talking about. It's a universally applicable, very human book, and I wish everybody would read it. It's also cool that there's a second companion book where Christian's wife takes the journey. I read that one a couple times too, and it's, it's neat. A lot of troubles that Christian has aren't there because he's done much of the work of paving the way for her. But there are some specific adventures for her too, and it's an interesting read. Maybe we'll do that one after. The third and interesting thing was the little biography. I'm always amazed with how success as a Christian preacher, writer, pastor, missionary is always coupled by tragedy. I've read a bunch of biographies, and it's almost always the same. The greater the impact the person has on the world for Christ, the greater the suffering he endures, or she endures. And John Bunyan's no exception. Preaching and writing for Jesus didn't make Bunyan's life any easier, at least not at first, because everything he said from his pulpit or pen was basically illegal. He wasn't an Anglican, he was a Baptist, and if there's one thing that Christian history teaches, it's that no matter what Protestants and Catholics were arguing about, they could always agree on one thing. They hated the Baptists. So Bunyan preached in this underground church, got himself in trouble, and kept getting arrested and imprisoned for his preaching. This obviously made his life more difficult, especially as a provider for his family, but to make ends meet, he made shoelaces. That's amazing to me. I feel sort of a kinship there. Of course, I'm not the most famous preacher in my country, and no one's trying to imprison me, you know, yet. But over the course of this pandemic, and it was happening before, churches and pastors have been dragged through the mud for even wanting to hold services. In Alberta a while back, a pastor was actually fined thousands of dollars in order to publicly apologize for writing a letter to the editor of a newspaper about his opinion on homosexuality. This former pastor of a conservative church was commanded never to speak or write anything about homosexuality unless it was something positive. That's a little nerve-wracking for a person like me. I post everything I say on my blog. There are videos of me talking. You know, there's also the thing that attendance is shrinking in churches, and as they shrink, the Finances go down and pastors like me are having to come up with creative ways to make ends meet. I don't sell shoelaces, but I'm trying to do some other things. So his biography touched me personally. The next forward of the book, written by John Piper, actually has a a much longer biography. So I'll save some of my comments for then. All right. Next episode, we're going to be taking a close look at the next three short sections called The Pilgrim's Progress as a Literary Classic, one called An Allegory, and one called The Religious Vision of the Pilgrim's Progress. I hope you'll join me. 
And that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you found something interesting today. I want this to be interactive, so send me your comments, questions, and other ideas for interesting things you've found. Remember, you can find all the links for the things I talked about on the website. If you appreciate this, please consider sharing it with your friends. If you want to keep these podcasts coming, consider helping out financially through my new Patreon page. You can find that link on the artofthechristianninja.com website. While you're there, hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any posts. Check out all my social media links, use the search bar to find lots of other topics, and download all of my books for free. Have a great week, and I'll talk to you soon.